0: Buddhist Geeks, exploring the convergence of Buddhism, technology, and culture. What happens when you combine a thousands year old contemplative tradition with exponentially changing technology and an increasingly global and interconnected world? Since 2007, Buddhist Geeks has been striving to come up with answers to this question. And we've only just begun. Over the years, we've recorded hundreds of talks and conversations on the development of Buddhism in the 21st century. These recordings, in the form of our weekly podcast, are downloaded over a million times each year, accounting for several million total downloads. If you've been positively impacted by Buddhist Geeks, We ask that you consider becoming a monthly micro-patron. As little as $2 a month helps us reach important milestones related to the production of the weekly podcast. From scheduling guests to crafting thoughtful questions to recording, editing, and publishing the finished episode, your support enables us to take the time we need to create something worth listening to. Being a patron is about supporting those things that are most important to you. That you feel have the potential to change the world for the better. Come put your money where your heart is. patreoncom slash Geeks. Yo, what's
1: happening? What are we doing here? Um, what I'm doing here is I want to talk about the Buddha and Buddhism uh, as a core intention to, uh, for awakening, and uh, one of the ways that many of you know for a long time I've been framing and looking at the Buddha as a revolutionary as somebody was teaching such a radical, rebellious perspective and way of life, that he was really calling for an inner revolution and and an external transformation in this world. And I stand by that. I came to Buddhism out of addiction. I was an alcoholic and a drug addict and Twenty-six years ago, I found myself in jail, and juvenile hall. And my dad said, why don't you try meditating? And uh, I said, well, you know, I could use some real help, like a lawyer or something. <laughs> You're Buddhist shit, but... But desperate enough to say, okay, I'll anything. And started meditating and got some relief. For the first time in my life, when I applied mindfulness, I realized... I don't have to obey my mind. My mind is fucked. It got me in all of this trouble, all of this suffering. And I've just been listening to it. The cravings and the hatred and and mindfulness taught me to disobey. To go against the cravings and the attachments and... And I started my process of addiction recovery as I started my process of of Buddhist uh, awakening. And I like to, uh, and what I'm talking about today is this Buddhist recovery, this approach to treating addiction by using Buddhism, by using the Four Noble Truths. And I'd like to frame really in one way we can look at the Buddha not only as a revolutionary and political activist and and scientist and psychologist, but uh, as an interventionist. That it's pretty easy to look at the Four Noble Truths and for him to have said the second Noble Truth, Tanha, craving, easily translated as addiction. When he talks about the suffering, when we look at the suffering in life, what's the cause? What are we addicted to? And this isn't only for alcoholics and drug addicts, of course, this is for humanity, perhaps beyond humanity, to all living beings. Born into a survival instinct that craves pleasure, that gets attached to pleasure, that's addicted to pleasure, that hates pain, is aversive, is resentful towards all of the unpleasant experiences that a nervous system affords us, a body Has pain. For a long time, my recovery was uh, 12 step oriented. And those of you who know about the 12 steps, it's a very Judeo Christian uh, language. And it came out of the Bible and it came out of these really well meaning Christian guys who were as open minded as they could have been. They said, "Uh, We think that God is the only hope, but let's make it open-minded, and so they said, let's call it a higher power, and let's call it, as you understand, him, that will return you to sanity, that will help you recovery, and it never resonated with me, it's just like, I don't, I'm I'm an atheist, I don't believe in any of that shit, but Buddhism fit this practical tool of training one's mind through mindfulness, through forgiveness, through compassion, through being of service to people. So for a long time I had this Buddhist practice and this recovery community because um, I think you guys have it a little bit easier now, but when I started practicing 25 years ago, I felt really alone. And I felt like I was in a room of uh, people who were not my people. (laughs) Sometimes I used to use the analogy, it was like, This, uh, I was drowning in the sea of samsara, suffering so much, and this lifeboat came along, but they were all hippies. And they were like, We have this thing, and it will save your life. And I was like, Hmm. Am I that desperate? Has it gotten that bad that I will take a lifeline from the enemy? And the answer was yes. It had gotten that bad that I said, I don't care if you're my people. You have a teaching that I need. You have a practice that I need. In recovery, I found my people. That's where my, you know, punks and junkies and alcoholics and, you know, those, those were my that was my sangha, and this was my practice. And then over the last couple of decades, they've started to come together more. And I was waiting. I was hoping somebody has to step forward, and there's all these great books that have been written, uh, understanding... The 12 steps, basically, in my mind, understanding Christianity <laughs> through a Buddhist lens. Here's how you can understand why you have to believe in God <laughs> and how Buddhism will fit for you. Uh, and I like that, and I think it's helped so many people. I don't want to diss too hard, just a little diss towards the 12-step Buddhists. But not too much, because I think they've served a lot of people. But I've felt so passionately that we don't need theism. We don't need that the Dharma, the Buddha, was an interventionist. He taught a path to heal addiction. The Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path is a program of recovery. Now, it works perfectly for drug addicts and alcoholics. And of course, it works for everybody else uh, in a body who is also addicted to pleasure on one level or another, who's also suffering about the clinging and the craving and the uh, experience of being human. So a few years ago, I said, okay, nobody's doing it. When I started teaching Buddhism, I made a decision not to be a recovery guy. Recovery was my thing, but I didn't want to exclude non-recovery people from our community. So I didn't want to be like, I'm the recovery Buddhist guy, because then what about half the, the other half of the room who have different kind of suffering, not addiction suffering, not alcoholism. But nobody was doing it. Nobody was stepping forward. I even talked to some of the 12-step Buddhist people who are my friends. I said, do it. Do a Buddhist recovery program. I said, just use the Four Noble Truths, and they, nobody would do it. I said, no, we're sticking with the 12 steps. And that's beautiful for them, you know. So I did it. I stepped forward, and I said, okay, I'll do it it's obvious to me that the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, are what I've been applying to my own life for my recovery for the last 26 years. And I know this works. In Los Angeles, we started Refuge Recovery about six years ago, and having meetings uh, every week and a couple times a week. Now there's, um, I think, six or seven Refuge meetings a week in Los Angeles where people come in and we talk about Buddhism, we meditate together, and we have uh, an inventory process and a mentorship uh, experience. And um, and we support each other in addiction recovery. And what we're finding in refuge is that we're getting people that are in recovery for 20 years. One of the steps, the 12 steps, says um, to meditate. But then they never really tell you how to meditate. And their meditation is very theistic. It says, meditate, but only for knowledge of God's will for you. And it's so, like, how do I meditate for something that I don't believe in. Uh, so a lot of people are coming with long-term recovery and saying, I need Buddhist teachings to help me take it to the next level. And some of them believe in God, but they know that they need some mindfulness instructions, some forgiveness instructions. And then a lot of people are coming and saying, I, you know, the 12th step, the God thing, it doesn't resonate. I want to use a Buddhist approach, and we have people now sober many, many years just using the Dharma as their recovery. Now, the problem was, one of the things, as the Buddha said, we need to take refuge in the community. We need Sangha. We need each other. And the thing that uh, the other you know, 12-step addiction has is big community. And that was my dilemma of how are we going to create community for the recovering addict? And I think that there's a further problem for some recovering addicts that come into Buddhist communities. And I recently wrote, wrote a, a fairly strong uh, editorial for, for Buddha Dharma uh, talking about all of these sanghas. I have a, a firm belief that the Buddha's fifth precept was a clear encouragement to be drug and alcohol free, period. Not this way that it gets reinterpreted is that it's okay to drink and, and Use recreational as long as it's in balance, this misinterpretation. Very clear that the Buddha said, if you want to follow this path, if you want to maintain mindfulness, never put in your body something that is going to break your ability to be mindful, like alcohol. Never put into your body recreational drugs that no longer can you be present. No longer can you be mindful as soon as you take a drink. So we've had all of these recovering addicts who are saying, okay, Buddhism fits, but then I go into this sangha, and everybody drinks, and the teachers drink, and I'm a recovering alcoholic, and they're telling me I can find balance, and I came here because I believed that the Buddha taught abstinence, but the Buddhist sanghas are not practicing abstinence. So I feel like, um, I know that that's not a, necessarily a popular view. People are like, well, I want to meditate, but I still want to get high. Uh, you know, I really love my wine with dinner. And on, on one level, that's fine. And there's another level where it makes sanghas not a safe place for the recovering addict. One of my teachers, Ajahn Amaro, Theravadan Buddhist monk, he said, uh, said, even if you have no problem, even if you don't think the Buddha taught abstinence, out of solidarity with all of the suffering that addiction creates, if you're serious about Buddhism, consider being alcohol-free. Consider being drug-free so that you can be the safe person in the community who says, I don't drink either. I've got no problem with it, but I don't drink either. So that's one piece I want to encourage all of you to consider following the fifth precept. And the other piece is um, refuge recovery is a growing thing from the uh, place when the book came out in June. There were, um, I think, eight refuge recovery meetings, and now there's about 40 because people are starting these meetings. They're going back to their song, and they're saying, let's do this. Let's create a, a group in our community for addiction recovery for refuge recovery uh, the book is there the format is there the website is refuge recovery.org if you're interested another thing that in addition to that what we've done is we've created a residential treatment center a buddhist treatment center so if you or any of your friends community members are suffering from addiction and need actually some intensive inpatient help it's something that i've started and i'm running in los angeles And I think my time is up. And uh, thank you for listening. And uh, good luck with your recovery.
0: After nearly a year in private beta, the Buddhist Geeks Network is now open for any independent practitioners who want to engage in interdependent practice. You can find out more about the Buddhist Geeks Network by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. And if you'd like to join the community and join us in regular social meditation practice or other events that we host there in the network, all freely offered, you're very welcome to do so, again, by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. Love to see you there.